What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. What up, y'all? I am here with a sister a friend of mine um yeah she's powerful she actually just got ordained as a deacon in the lord's church and she's my good friend's twin sister um <laughs> um yeah she's y'all remember that guy darren that was on here this is his sister she's older but if you see them, you will see that they look smack alike. This is my friend Katrina, my sis Katrina. Say hello to the people. Hey, guys. Oh, gosh. Oh, this is going to be good. So we're sitting here in her, um, what, what is this? What would you say this is? I don't know. My clubhouse room, my apartment complex, I don't know, event space. All right, well. The event space. Let me just tell y'all this, okay? Y'all, this has a foosball table. There's like six. Hold on, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The number of completion. There's like seven. <laughs> there's, there's like seven flat screens in here, y'all. And it's, it's really, really nice. We won't talk about the, the rent. We won't talk about that because that's not, that's not their business. But you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yes, you're doing yes. pretty, pretty well for yourself. Um, but you, are, you were born here, Woodbridge, right? I was actually born in Connecticut. Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. You didn't know that? No. Um, yeah, I was born in Connecticut and moved to Virginia when I was like just under two. And you moved to Woodbridge when you moved mm -hmm. to Virginia? Yes. Wow. Lake Ridge, to be exact. Got you. And you stayed there until college? Yes. So we lived in the Woodbridge area. Well, my family still lives in the Woodbridge area, but I decided to go to school in New York City in 2012. Where'd you go? LIM College. Got you. Is that like a college for something specific or is it just like a regular university? It is a, it, well, it stands for Laboratory Institutes of Merchandising. So it's a business of fashion school. Got you. So what was, what did you study? Fashion merchandising. So is that like all that people study there or like, do they have other? So they have other like um, degrees or concentrations like you can get visual merchandising I think there's something more tailored to buying like there's different degrees you can get there but it's more focused on the business aspect of the fashion industry versus like design in the artistic aspect okay this is good guys I know we're just going back to her to the backstory but I just want to give context we're basically going to talk about her journey because she um she was born in Connecticut. I just found that out. Yeah. And then she moved to Woodbridge, but then she went to um I'm sorry, she moved to Lake Ridge. It's all Woodbridge. Same same thing. Okay, <laughs> bet. And then she went to college in New York City and stayed there, but then ended up being led by the Lord 
to come back here. So we're just trying to, you know, give that whole spill as to how this happened. I feel like context is going to make the story. <laughs> it's going to make the story. So you graduated from there. Yes. Okay. What happened after you graduated? So after I graduated, I did not have a job. So I graduated in December, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't have a job in December, so I came back to Virginia. I was actually working at CVS as a pharmacy technician and then going up to New York for interviews. Like, I would literally go up for an interview and come back down. And like go drive? Up. I took a bus, but yes, go up for an interview, come back down. My God. Yeah, it was so, this is, so this is where you and your CVS manager, like, that's where y'all got... That's where y'all became cool. Well, so CVS was technically a job I had before I went to school in New York. I started working there in 2010. So while I was um, getting my associates, I was there. Oh, okay. And then when did you go back to New York? Um, July of 20. So I graduated December 2014 was full-time back in New York with a job in July of 2015. Got you. Yeah. And then you stayed there until when? Until 2020. Which is when you moved. Ooh. (laughs) 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 Okay. So now let's get into that because you had a whole life, career, and the Lord tells you to go back to the area that you are from. So it's funny because it was, so it was God, but it wasn't God that sent me here. So during the pandemic, this is what's, this is the scene. It's not the full shutdown, but we're realizing in New York city that it's going to be more than two weeks of us working from home. So my heart was like, you know, let me spend time with my family. Let me just go chill in Virginia with my family. So the context, the context of me actually coming from New York to Virginia was to be with family. Oh, wow. I was supposed to be here for two to three weeks. God had other plans. This is why you were, tr- so you were trying to work from home in Virginia so yes. you could spend time. Okay. Yes. With the full intent of going back to New York. Like mm-hmm. it was like, this is just a cute little trip. And then I'm going back. Mm-hmm. So then what happens? So I come. Like, I want to say, like, the day or the day after I come down, the world basically shuts down. Like, there was no option to go back to New York. It was like everything was shut down. And that it was that way for a while. And then eventually Nova Hub opened up, and I went to Nova Hub, you know. Which is our church. Which is our church. Um, you know, just experienced God in a different way because – my walk with him had already been like reignited, but it was like going to Nova Hub was that thing that was going to keep me from backsliding, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. So do you feel like when you were in New York, you were more tempted to backslide than when you were in Virginia? I feel like when I was in New York, I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like I was, there, there's so much temptation in New York. Oh, like, yeah. like to be prideful, to, to, to be just focused on self and all the things you can do. Like accolades. Yeah. So I was like all about what I wanted. So I wasn't like 
concerned with what God's will for me was in New York. Yeah. Mm. So when you found out that you weren't coming, I ain't going to say when you found out when you weren't coming back, but when you found out your trip, you know what I'm saying, was going to be longer, what, uh, what were your thoughts? What was going through your head? You know, it's actually funny because there were people in Nova Hub who were like, oh, you're going to stay here. And I'm like, whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, gosh. Um, but, man, I mean, the way God set it up was, like, insane. So I got laid off from my job. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, I found out I would be laid off in July, and then the end of my employment was in August. And... You know, it's funny because I wanted to be upset and Holy Spirit really was like, why? You didn't like that job, no way. Like, weren't you just crying to me in January about how much, like, you don't like this job? So I was like, oh, okay. Um, So basically I had a severance package and I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm just going to let my severance run out and then I'm going to come back to New York and start Mm -hmm. looking for a job. So I was thinking in September I would come back to New York to look for a job. Yeah. September comes, and I was actually listening to this um, conference online, and they were like, ask God what he wants you to surrender in this season. That was a trick, okay? Because I asked him, and he said, I want you to surrender your life in New York. And I said, oh, Mm. okay, Um, that's a big ask, but okay. Yeah. Amen. You know, I believe in God. You know, side note, I had wanted to move to L.A. Like, this is something that I wanted while I was in New York. So God saying, like, surrender New York wasn't as big of an ask when I thought I was going to go to L.A. Like, I thought. Oh, you thought. you was I, finna- Like, when he said it, I thought, like, okay, I'm going to stay here until he get L.A. together. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to go to L.A. So I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. And I actually. Our friend Princess, she had a housewarming, and there I actually spoke about it. Yes. Um, I had spoke about it to the group, and I remember um, Papa K was like, you know, very pastorally. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Um, Very pastorally. Papa K was just like, you know, praying. So he was giving me great advice about it. And I was like, okay. And I think it was legit the Sunday after. So this happened on Saturday. On Sunday, uh-huh. um, at the time, Prophet, but Apostle Jordan. My God. He, he gave <laughs> me this wonderful prophecy about a luxury apartment and blah, 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 and this and that. And then it was going to be here in Virginia. Oh, so it's like when he started, it's like when he started the word and like, I hear the Lord say that there's a luxurious apartment coming your way. And you thought that address was going to say Los Angeles. But California, you know what? You when know he what was saying? saying it, he was saying it about here. So I'm sitting there in my mind like, what? oh, he's talking to the wrong guy. I'm like, I'm like hold he's on. talking to the wrong person. I'm like, hold on, Lord. I was like, I thought I thought we made that somebody. Yeah. I, we said LA. There's a disconnect. This not LA. <laughs> so when I tell you after he gave that word and uh-huh. service was over, I got into that car and drove home. Mad. Ooh. 
Me and God had a conversation. We had a good old conversation. I was like, why you want me to be here? Because in my mind, remember, I thought I was here to just cute little for a little time Mm -hmm. and then go to L.A. Signing a lease means I'm going to be here for a year. So I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be here for a year. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do here for a year? Yeah. You know, I don't have no industry here. Like, what am I going to do here for a year? Mm -hmm. So that was our conversation, like. Ooh, Jesus, I'm, I'm dramatic. Like, I was like, well, why would you have even had me study fashion merchandising if you were just going to take me out of the end? It was dramatic. Mm-hmm. So dramatic. Yeah. Um, but, whew. Like one of the movie scenes when yeah. the wife start going off on the husband. And he'd be like, why? You said this and you did and that and you, <laughs> you spoke. <laughs> why? It don't even make sense. And it was just like. And you didn't put the laundry up and you. <laughs> and he was so faithful that he listened to me during my hissy fit. Mm. He, he is not phased by those. He, he's not. And, you know, for so after that happened, I kind of like was trying to be very like, God is not one of your little friends. You can't talk to him like that. So I, I was just saying that in prayer yesterday. Right. To myself. So I just. We had that conversation in the car, and then I just was like, all right, we're not going to talk about it no more. We just go, amen, yeah. right? Nah, things were building. Um, so as time goes on, it's just, it's so difficult. I think I got two prophecies about the apartment, and I was just like, mm. I don't want to hear this. But me, I didn't realize it at the time, but me being submitted to Virginia was more of a God. Why would you call me back to the place that broke me? Mm. Why would you call call me back to the place that I have so many painful memories? Like in my mind, I fled Virginia to create a better life for myself. In New York, I'm not known as the person I was here. Like I got to rewrite my story, so to speak. Here. Yeah. I can't I like you can't I can't hide from my past. I can't yeah. hide from what happens to me. I can't hide from the things that I had to experience. I can't block it all out. Mm-hmm. So it was whoo. Yeah. So it that's funny that you said that cuz I was li- my next question was literally going to be what do you feel like made you not want to come to Virginia but you went into that um and we could get into that more but as far as New York, what do you think like drew you to it? Do you feel like it was the industry or do you also feel like in addition to that, it was just the fact that you felt like you had control over what the narrative could be now since you were not in a place that was where your past was? I think... So for me, since I was a child, mm-hmm. I had an interest in living in New York. Like, I had this whole scheme of, oh, you know, I could live with my aunt and go to school in New York and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've wanted to be in New York since I was, like, young, <sighs> mad young. I don't know why people want to go there. <laughs> I mean, because for me, like, we, <laughs> we, so we're from Connecticut. That's so true, we, yeah. So we go, to, go into the city every now and again. Granted, our trips into New York aren't real New York. Yeah. It's like the little, like, glitz and glam. Yeah. Of New, it's not the real New York. But I'm from New York, y'all. So I the reason why I said like I don't know why people want to go there is because I'm like 
I grew up there. I went to church in Harlem. You 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 said your apartment was like was like, like two blocks. Yeah, from. two blocks from where I went to church as a kid and like as a teenager through high school. And I'm in my head, I'm just like I don't know why people want that. If you ask me, I prefer Jersey. <laughs> but see, the thing is, like, I grew up in the suburbs, so for me, That's I true. wanted the city Something life. Different. I wanted to experience that. But like, I would say it was a combination of wanting to study fashion Mm -hmm. and wanting to be in New York. Like, the two just combined Mm -hmm. for me to be there. And, you know, doors open for me to be there. God bless me. I mean, I went to... I studied abroad. I got a scholarship to study abroad. Do it on day dime. (laughs) No, 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 no. Because I said, God, I ain't going to go unless you're going to pay for Uh it. And what happened? I I went. Uh (laughs) On the dime. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was very much like... I got to experience great things. I got to do the things that were on my heart. And I'm very thankful for it. I'm very thankful for my time there. But I think anyone who's not from New York, who moves to New York, has this like, oh, I love it, but. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, I love New York. But I don't think I want to have a family here. Mm. But I don't think I want to live here forever. Like, there were so many, like, little things. Like That's so interesting. You know? And that was the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. so interesting <laughs> yeah. how God will do that. So, like, I this relates to something I had said on a previous podcast. I think I was with, it was with Ron. I was talking about how I was endowed in lust and, like, sleeping around in college and right before not even right before actually as i was doing this in high school and in the beginning of college there were these little reminders that god would send me such as you know you want to have a wife Mm -hmm. you know you want to have kids yeah some of these dudes you know that i would hang out with they never desired marriage they thought marriage was for bozos but for me like i always honored the sight of my father loving my mom You know, loving his wife, loving one woman and being committed to her. And I knew I wanted that. And I knew that even though I was acting a certain way now, it wouldn't be able to continue. You know, so when you just said what you said about the little things such as, oh, I I don't want to raise a family Mm -hmm. here or I don't want to live here forever. It's like God knew that what he placed inside of you could not coexist in that environment, you know. Mm So mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you want to respond? I, so I absolutely, well, whew, I absolutely agree with that. Even with those little things that I had, it was like things for myself, but also like New York is a rich person city. Mm-hmm. If you're rich, that is the city to live in. Yeah. Like that is amazing. Now also, I know I'm gonna be rich. Come on. I already I already know that's coming to my life, okay? Yeah. So I know that, you know, one day I could live in New York mm-hmm. and live that experience, but that wouldn't be my only residence. Come on, that's good. So I still get to have, you know, the backyard, all that other experience of rape because the subway stroller situation, mm-hmm. I don't know how those mothers do it because I want to fight every time I see a stroller in the subway. Ooh. Like, I want to fight. Oh, gosh. Uh, my nephew came to visit me once while we were in New York when he needed a stroller. It was a mess. Up and down, up and down. Oh, it no. It was a mess. Yeah, it's a lot. 
They don't have escalators down there, so up there, do they? not all of them have escalators. Like, the escalators yeah. are, like, the bougie areas. Like, the Upper mm. East Side. Ha- yeah. You know, I went, you know, I've been inside the Rockefeller's house. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I had a friend who, um, he was really good at soccer. And he mm. went to this prep school. He actually went to my church. He lived on the Upper East Side. Let me tell you something about the Upper East Side. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let's tell him about the Upper East Side, uh-huh, Katrina. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Upper East Side. That's where that's where the little money's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I remember he had his he had his friend uh, come and his friend's dad came and picked me up in a Maserati. Mm-hmm. He was a doctor just wow. cruising. We're, we're just cruising in a Maserati all throughout the Upper East Side. And then later on in that week, I remember his, he was friends with J.D. Rockefeller's granddaughter. And like I literally met her like. I'm, wow. I, it's kind of crazy. Like yeah. when you think about it, I go into this beautiful, beautiful home, beautiful yeah. townhouse. Yeah. Um, and I go into this house and it's marble floors, chandelier. Um, it's, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm just standing there. I remember like, there's like this huge library, like that I remember going inside and, it was wow. it was just it was just beautiful. It was a powerful experience in mm-hmm. my opinion because when I look back at it, I'm like, "Oh, God's just showing me mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. around." Ooh, right there, right there, right there. And he was doing uh-huh. it he was doing it at a young age. Yes. See, I didn't know, mm-hmm. but I knew that that encounter it meant something. So, um yeah, it was it was really dope. I will say even though I don't live there anymore, I do appreciate the things that I learned, the experiences um that I had and Ain't nothing like a bacon, egg, and cheese. Ooh, Jesus. On a yeah. croissant. On a croissant. Ooh, on, on a, a croissant. croissant. I know a lot of people say they get it on a bagel, Try but guys, thing on a croissant. I tried it. So the first time I tried it on a croissant, Katrina told me to do it. The last time I went to New York was the very first time I tried it on a croissant. So 10 times better than a bagel. Because mm-hmm. the, the butter in yeah. the croissant, because yeah. you got to get the croissant toasted. Don't, mm-hmm. don't just throw some like yeah. cold, room no. temperature croissant. Absolutely get it not. toasted. Yep. That butter is going to melt. Ooh. And that thing is just, ooh, Jesus. You're going to sense the glory of God ooh. on it. And I'm, if you want the extra razzle dazzle, if you want extra points, put a little avocado on it. Mm. I tell you this, those bodega guys looked at me crazy when I was like, put it on a croissant. They look at me crazy for like two seconds, and then something in their mind was like, you know what? Because they probably tried it. They, they probably they probably never tried it before, but yeah. then they was like, actually. And then when they tried it after you left, they was like, oh, she knows she's, she's on to something. She's this on is to innovative. Because the thing is, because because the bagel is so dense. It is. It's, it's, it's so dense. Yeah. And that croissant is light and buttery. Yeah. It just. Mm. Yeah. I know not everybody knows what we're talking about, but look, when you guys go to New York, you guys have to get it. I promise you, you can't yes. leave without having it. It's anyway, so let's get back to the main line. Yes. So, New York, you leave New York and you, um, you leave New York, you're stuck in Virginia now. You said that you um, struggled in regards to um, staying here because it's like, God, why would you send me somewhere that broke me? Mm-hmm. Why would you send me somewhere that, you know, I received so much trauma from? So in regards to God walking you through that, how, what did that look like for you? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure for you, in order for you to be comfortable and accept that this is where you were called to be, you had to, you had to walk through that. Mm-hmm. So what was it like facing that? Oh, Jesus. Um, I think it was a lot. It was a lot of like leaning on God, a lot of healing, a lot of 
letting God expose and heal those places in my heart. I think that the things that happened to me, I couldn't fully heal from it Mm -hmm. if I was still hiding from it. Mm -hmm. So it was very much putting me face to face with the things of my past and allowing God to work on me, but like love me through it. That's good. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into the, all the details, but I remember, we remember our retreat. Yeah. So there was a point in our retreat where God said something to me. And I'm in the back of the sanctuary bawling my eyes out because it was such a moment of not just being seen, but being seen and being loved. Like God covered me. Yeah. And man. Yeah. So who he covered me in that moment mm-hmm. in my brokenness. Like I remember, I don't know if he's, I don't know where I heard it, but it was something about, it's okay to fall apart in the presence of God because he's going to put you back together. So for me, it was like, yeah, man, when I heard that, I was like, what? So it was like, to give you backstory, I guess you could kind of say I'm like one of those independent women. I don't like that word, but we're not going to go into that. But, you know, self-sufficient women. There we go. Um, But... I've felt like I've had to do things on my own. Like I had to handle stuff. I had to make sure I was taken care of. And I, I mean, I've gone to therapy, but I would never allow myself to come undone about certain things because like, how am I going to get back to being okay? Yeah. Um, and just knowing oh, that, wow. yeah, like Jesus. if you open that up, who's closing it back up? Mm. So knowing that not only can I open that up with God, but like I can fall apart Yeah. and know that he got me, know that like, I'm not going to be crying for the rest of my life, yeah. know that he's going <clears> to <throat> put me back together and how he puts me back together is going to be better than I was before. Yeah. I think definitely a lot of people struggle with that, the idea of not acknowledging pain or not acknowledging what may offend them because it's in their head. It's like, I don't want to, quote unquote, waste time in dealing with the hurt and the trauma of this situation that has just occurred. So let me just act like it didn't exist. Yes. Rather than acknowledging it because... For some reason, and I think it's really just the enemy imparting delusion into Mm -hmm. people's minds, we think that dealing with an issue sets us back or slowing us down, when in actuality, it's accelerating us. Mm -hmm. Because if we allow it to harbor, it's going to come up one way or another. Yes. You know? And so I think that it's it's a powerful thing when when, when God, because sometimes people, not saying people, you shouldn't talk to people. But sometimes God, God is obviously the one that is all knowing, all yes. wise, yes. you know, and I feel like specifically for you, maybe your past was confronted in the way that it needed to be, Yeah. you know, because in certain things that occur, sometimes God has to initiate the confrontation. Mm-hmm. And then what he'll do is he can send people 
to confirm yes. his initiation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel like that's what happened for you? Yes. Um, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> yes, because I feel like in that moment, like at that retreat, God was talking to me about something very specific. Mm-hmm. I'm hard-headed. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. So God was speaking to me about a certain thing that he wanted to do, a healing that he wanted to do in my life. And I was like, okay. And then went about my life. Oh, snap. Right? I was like, okay, Lord. And then just, you know, not like I walked away from God or anything, but like I accepted it and did nothing in regards of working towards that. Mm. If Holy Spirit tell you to do something, you need to do it. Yeah. Because I got dragged. Like, what was it? This, so the retreat was beginning of November. December, middle of December or something like that. Holy Spirit was like, no, now. Everything, all the trauma associated to what happened came to the surface. Oh, snap. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like he put you in a corner. He was like, we're going to deal with this now. Like, you don't have no more. Oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. No, he brought everything up. Like, I was hysterically crying. I had to go through deliverance. Like, so much was happening all at once. And if I had been obedient and, like, I wouldn't have been screaming and crying for two, three, four weeks. However, actually, it was a lot longer than that. But I wouldn't have went through as strenuous of yeah. a process. It didn't if have I had, to be that way. It didn't have to be that way. If yeah. I had just, like, let God work on me in the way he wanted to, it wouldn't have been a now you get dragged because I told you we were going to do this. Ooh. Yeah. God is sovereign. <laughs> and he will perform Ooh. his will Ooh. regardless mm-hmm. of how he has to do it. My God. Like, he loves you, but he's not afraid to hurt your feelings. He's not afraid. Well, he will destroy your pride. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, there. 100%. He will 100% tear your pride. Mm, yeah. Um, but... He doesn't care about doing what you want over what his will is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, people, people will hear what we're saying, and they'll, they'll say, oh, well, of course. Because we look at these kinds of things as so elementary, but we forget in the moment. Yes. Like, yes, we are supposed to be obedient to God. Yes, we're supposed to do his will. But it's so easy to hear what he's saying. And, ooh, when he doesn't give exact instructions, feel like, oh, that wasn't him telling me what to do. He didn't tell me. Because we're supposed to pray into that. If God is giving you an inkling towards something, you're supposed to pray into that. Yeah. So me not even praying into, okay, God, you said you wanted to heal me, but like, Lord, let's pray. What is the strategy? What does this healing look like? Me not doing that was my disobedience. So when God was like, it's time right now, I had to do it in a different way than what he would have probably had me do mm-hmm. if I had prayed into it, what, two months earlier, two and yeah. a half months, two months earlier almost. Yeah. And it shows like, it shows the grace of God that you still even got there. Mm-hmm. You know, because 
God is so faithful, man. Because um, in moments like that, I could imagine him just looking down, thinking, I'm trying to help you. Mm. And you're literally rejecting. Yes. Ooh. Like, it's crazy because we talk about our rejection issues, but, like, how many times have we rejected God? And he still loves you. He still, mm. yeah. Yeah. So, cool. We get to the part where you've been walked through your past. So, now that you've accepted that this is where you're supposed to be, what, what happens next? Oh, um, I think it was a lot because I think that there were so many differences in me. It, there were so many levels of my acceptance. Mm-hmm. So there is the level wow, of accepting good. like, okay, God, this is the physical location you want to be me to be in. Okay, God, this is the church you want me to be in. Mm. And, you know, I was like, okay, we good. Like, yeah. it's good. Then God <laughs> wants to start talking about my call. My Lord. Which is a whole different level of acceptance. And even within my call, there's like multiple things to accept because I was able to accept my call in the marketplace, right? Oh, child, it is a whole thing. So I'm able to accept that, you know, God wants me to do these things in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's the easy ask, you know. I, I know the marketplace. That's cool. I could do this. But when God starts talking about being called to the church. That, I said, to the what? That check. To the what? To the what? Because let me tell you this. Church people. Mm. Church people. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, you know, God walked me through that because I do have trauma associated with church people. I'm mm. not going to lie. As a kid, I used to go to the women's bathroom and hear these women gossiping about Bishop. Like, that was my childhood experience. Mm. So I'm like, these church people are messy. But God put me in a church where I don't deal with that sort of messiness. Like, we're not, Nova Hub is not religious. I yeah. will say that. We are not a religious church. Like, it is not okay to gossip. You will get shut down yeah. about God. Yeah. Do you remember when, when Apostle hit up the slack and said, stop gossiping? I yeah. said, my God. Our leader, like, openly rebukes us Ooh. for that foolishness, um, not just in slack, but also in his sermons. Yes. And it's not even just gossip. It's a whole bunch of stuff, you know? And I mean, I'm grateful to God for the directness of that Mm -hmm. because I think it allows, like you said, it allows certain, um, it, it allows, it allows the house to be sacred. Yes. And it allows the fear of the Lord to reside in the house. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. We'll go back into what you were saying. Um, dang, where did I leave off? You were talking about church people yes, how nova yes. hub is not religious so it was very much uh i'm not in that place mm-hmm. i'm not in that church where people were gossiping where you know they would badmouth people where there was so many just like pressures and i didn't know that i was holding on to this stuff like i didn't know that my experience at that church was altering me as a person right well not right now but yeah. at that time So God had to deal with me. Like I had to, one, understand that not all church people are these gossiping, lying, smiling your face and talk bad to you behind you. They're not all like that. Mm -hmm. And 
also he just developed a love for them in me that's good like oh gosh like even if you do gossip i still love you like i like god had to put that in me even ooh, even if you gossip about me because i tell you this discernment is real like there are certain people that i knew couldn't stand me i still love you yeah please don't be fake to me because i can pick that up but I still had to, and that, that was hard. It is. Because God is like, okay, I want you to reconcile with this person. Like when you know that they are actively. Like, 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 like my spirit is twisted when they're, when they say, I love you to me. And I'm like, why does it hurt when you say, why does it hurt me when you tell me you love me? Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, God was like, I want you to fix it. I want you to go and get it, you know, fixed. And I'm telling you this, who I was in that moment, I knew I wasn't going to be disobedient. You just gave me a direct order. I'm going to do what you said. Yeah. And it didn't pan out all that well. And I said, Lord, I did what you told me to do. They're not going to receive it. And he said, okay. I remember in one time, oh, man, our leader is so direct. Oh, man. I can't believe this mm-hmm. happened. He preached a message one time. And I think at the end of it, I don't know if it was at the end of it or in the middle of it or something like that, but he cuts everything off and he says, if you're dealing with bitterness with somebody Ooh, in this yeah. church, yeah, 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 I remember that. find them, walk to them, and repent to them for your bitterness. Yes. And I'm like, I was bitter with like three people at the time. And, um, I mean, just mad, frustrated. Yeah. Um, and I remember I literally, I didn't, I didn't get to hug all of them. Yeah. But I remember I hugged and uh, I hugged one of them and I cried. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, uh, I told them, I said, I'm your brother. Yeah. And um, I, I repent for my bitterness towards you. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that that was the moment for me to share everything that they did. Yeah. If yeah, I could yeah. just be real. Yeah. I, don't think that was, I don't think that was the moment. Because sometimes with stuff like that, when God gives us an instruction like that, it, like you said, it destroys our pride. Yeah. Because the leader, the leader of the house didn't say go to them and tell them about every time they offended you. Mm-hmm. He said go to them and repent for your bitterness. Because yep. bitterness is a sin. Yep. Unto not just God, but unto the person yep. that you have it towards. And we don't like that. No. Because we think that because we've been offended and because somebody had the nerve and the audacity to say mm-hmm. something or speak something, that we're in the right with however we respond. But the Bible says, love your enemies. Yes. Like, pray for those that persecute you, you know, whether knowingly or unknowingly, yep. you know. And so whether if they did it intentionally or not, your response is still the same Mm -hmm. beyond, you know, for your conscience. But this is what God said in his words. I remember I I I uh, went and I hugged them, the person Mm -hmm. and I didn't get to hug the other two people. But immediately when I hugged that person, the bitterness for those other two people broke. Yeah. 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 I feel like it can be rooted in other things like what you felt towards this person is causing indirectly you to have issues with other people literally and so that was the most that was one of the most um humbling 
but so it was so beneficial to my soul mm-hmm. you know um it was so beneficial to my soul and, and um <laughs> i think as well this correlates to the scripture where it says to work out your soul salvation yes with fear and trembling and i think we forget that the the soul requires maintenance Ooh, yes you know um i was in i was when i was working from home today um i walked to the kitchen and i began to walk and I, as I was walking back to my desk, I just heard, um, you know, the saying that people say, get your house in order. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could refer to many different things, but I, I like to look at that as like your soul, your mind, like the things that, well, I mean, people, the Bible refers to the soul as a city. So anything related to like a house or even when we talk about deliverance, you know, or yeah. demons residing in, you know, the soul it's like get your house in order you know do the maintenance that is required for you to walk in the wholeness that you um that you are granted yeah you know so with you now you are growing in acceptance of your call Mm -hmm. not just to the marketplace but to the church um and that was two steps too mm -hmm. um there's one thing in being called to serve in the church. Mm-hmm. There's another call that it took a very long time for me to accept, but I refuse to believe previous. Let me say this. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. Where I am now, I accept the full call of God on my life. But before that, I did not want to accept myself as a preacher in God's house. I did not want to accept that. I was like, y'all got the wrong one. Not me. Not doing that. I'm not preachy. I ain't got no message. You got the wrong one. Like, (laughs) my goodness. That's what it was. And that took a hard and long time for me to accept. Um, But I sit here today accepting it. I sit here today knowing that that's God's will and that when he calls me to it, I'll do it. Yeah. So pray for me because, mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, but that took a long time. Like, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm fine with being the director of logistics because I don't have to pray over nobody, because I don't have to prophesy, because I don't have to move in. I don't want to, I don't know how, because I got to hide behind administration. Mm-hmm. And... Things shifted and it was like, well, you're a leader in the house. We need you to pray. Let's pray for people. Let's do. It was like, what in the world are y'all doing? Like, I'm the logistics. This is the administrator role. Like, uh, I am not a spiritual position in this house. I am not an elder. I am not a prophet. I'm not a pastor. I am getting the house clean, getting the ushers in order. That is what I do. Um so, you know, me and God went back and forth about that, and hmm. I obeyed. My God. I just want to say as well, I want to commend you for that, because for context, y'all, Katrina was the head of our cleaning team um, and is now the director of logistics and is now also the head of our deacons at our church. But, like, 
I just believe, not saying that you are the epitome of what people in ministry should be, but I just feel like if people had the heart to serve, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If people had the heart to serve and if people were to go to church, join churches saying, where's the closest mop? Where's mm-hmm. the closest toilet for me to scrub? Yep. Where's the closest, you know, tissue for me to wipe somebody's nose? Or where's the closest trash can so I can pick up this trash and throw it away? I just believe that there would be so much, that there would be such a lesser amount of toxicity yes. in ministry. I believe this is why we have so many people trying to compare themselves and be like other people because they're full of pride and they want to be seen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I just feel like when it comes to that, um, it's about the heart. And I, I, you know, I think as well, probably one of the reasons why God pushed you in ministry the way that he did was because he knew he could trust you. Yeah. You know, nobody's perfect, but I tell you this, if anybody wants to know, like, how to get promoted in the house of God, serve. You can attest to it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's all about your heart because I don't think that you can approach it as I'm going to clean 400 toilets and they're going to promote me. Because yeah. it's not like that. It's, it's not, not what it's supposed to do. It's yeah. not, you shouldn't have the unction of, I have to be a leader. That's what I want to do in this house. Your heart should be, this is God's house and there is a need. Yeah. Like that is, that is what it should be. You shouldn't have other motives. You should focus on what needs to be done. Yeah. Yes. As you, and also let me just say this. When y'all serve God, remember you're serving God. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to get into my frustrations and things, but, like, you're not serving me. Like, you may be on my team. You be, may be a part of the team that I'm overseeing. That's real. But you're not serving me. You're serving God. So when you are, you know, doing this, 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 you're not paying attention, you're late, like, you're not doing your job. Dishonor. You're not dishonoring me. I mean, yeah, on you some are. level you're dishonoring you me. Are, but you're yeah. dishonoring God. Yeah. Like, this is God who you're serving, yeah. not me. And when you decide that you're just going to what be whatever about it, like, it's not me who's like, oh, I can't believe. Like, you were doing, you were supposed to be doing this for God. And you. Yeah. Like. It's real. And, like, I think as well, when you honor God, you honor the leaders. Yes. That he set in place in the house, whether if they're your preference or not. Because I was not everybody's preference. Yeah. And honestly, as well, I think we just also need to be careful about the way, you know, we look at people who are in authority. Because in my head, to the degree that I see, you know, a lot of judgments and a lot of, I guess you could say, um, critiques of people in leadership. Yes. My mindset is like, okay, you do it. If you're so skilled. If you're so wise, yeah. if you're so innovative and you got all the answers, Sway, yeah. then go do it. <laughs> Not Sway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Kanye. Ooh. I know he's tripping right now, but I still love Mr. West. Um, but no, seriously, like if you, if you have all the answers and if you know what you're doing, because clearly God missed it. 
Because if you were supposed, if 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 you were supposed to be the one in authority, then God would have ordained you to be that in this yes. in this season. Yes. But you're not. So either God is tweaking, or you're out of line. Yes. It's it. Whew, Jesus. So but the conversation then shifted, it but shift. it's all right. Because it's literally all about submission and trust. If you are submitted to God's will, you have to trust who he puts in place. So I, I am submitted to God's will for my life. And that is for me to be at Nova Hub. Apostle Jordan is the leader of Nova Hub. Yeah. So in being submitted to this church, That's I am good, submitted Katrina. to Apostle Jordan. Yeah. And Apostle Jordan has has picked leaders over his house. Yeah. I have to be submitted to each leader in their respective yes. areas. Yes. That is not a that is not a oh, I respect that prophet but not that prophet. These are the prophets. Come on. So you have to respect them because the your God that you served mm-hmm. picked you to be in this house and in this house that is the prophet. Yeah. You don't get to to go around because when you decide, oh, I don't feel like that person is like I don't feel like they should be a prophet. So who are you not trusting? Are you not trusting Prophet Jordan's opinion? Are you not trusting God putting Prophet Jordan? Who are you not trusting? Like, are you like, it all goes back to God. Or how much, how much do you know about being a prophet? Woo. Right there. Cause I feel like everybody thinks that they can be a prophet because they have visions and dreams. No, there is so much more to it yeah. than seeing and hearing. Literally. And that can go into, um, that could not, that's not even just with the call of the prophet, but the, the concept and the principle that we're discussing can go into any leadership role yes. in the house. Yes. Like somebody could look at you and be like, why is she running logistics like that? And it's like, okay, so why don't you order everything that we need for these conferences? Why don't you be the one that cleans this church every morning before mm-hmm. we get to church? Yeah. Why don't you, you know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you, if, if you know how so many things should run and you just got all the answers, like, okay. But it's like, you don't. You don't. <laughs> like, I think that, and I, <laughs> it's funny because I don't get, like when I first started as the logistics director or even the cleaning team lead, I got a lot of people with their opinions and oh, blah, 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 blah. I don't get that no more mm-hmm. because I feel like people see the magnitude of what's on my plate and don't nobody want to touch it. My God. Cause I mean, by, you want my job? Okay. You can have it. You want it? You can have it. But I tell you this, with this position, there is a pressure, there a, is a weight. And a that price. Will, and a price. And a, pr- a price. I don't get my way. I don't get to do what I want to do. I don't get to be however I want to be. Like, I have to. Who the convo is shifting, ooh. and I love it. Oh my God. Let's stay here. We'll finish your ooh. story after, yes, but let's will. stay here. Like, being, okay, being a leader in the house. I have my own convictions from God. There are the things that God tells me I can do and I can't do. Mm -hmm. But being a leader, there are additional things that I cannot do. And it's not things that come directly from God. Come on. If Apostle Jordan says, my leaders won't do this, I just can't do that. There is no, but God didn't tell me. No, you submitted to this house as a leader. Come on. This is now the standard that you have to operate at. Mm. So... 
There is no, Holy Spirit didn't say no. Holy Spirit puts you here. Yeah. And this is what's being asked of you in this position. My God. They don't like that, Katrina. No, because everybody wants to do what they want to do. They don't like that, Katrina. And, you know, it's, it's mm, I'm not going to say it's witchcraft, but what I'll say is this. You ought to repent if you use the voice of the Holy Ghost to be rebellious, to go against what your leaders say. Yes. Oh, gosh, you ought to repent because that is so contrary to Scripture. God is a God of order. And if your leader tells you to do something, if they give you an instruction that is not, if it's contrary to scripture, then obviously we know that it's not from the Lord. But if what they're saying is not contrary to the word of God, and you sit here saying, well, Holy Spirit told me something different, you, you, you must repent. Can I just tell you, sometimes I feel like people in the body act like the Israelites during while they were in the wilderness my god we literally be out here complaining about stupidness like (laughs) (laughs) they really wanted to be back in bondage like that is what i'm I'm thinking of is we cry so much about how we want to be able to do what we want to be able to do and we want to live our lives and like for what do y'all not realize what god walked you out of like that's what I realized. I realized that who I am right now and where I stand right now, I am in freedom and in just God's blessing that I was never in before. So why would I want to go back to that? My goodness. She's talking in here, y'all. I'll even say as well, like, when it comes to the will of God, I think we can't just look at the price. Mm-hmm. We have to look at the reward. Yes. Because, and this could trickle into the finishing of your story. Yes. My God. Yes. Because you could look at the fact of, okay, you got laid off. You had to live, um, you had to live with your peoples for a little while. You also have to um, look for another job. You had to go through the inconvenience of, you know, looking at jobs around here and who knows what that could have you know what what that could have entailed but at the same time what what are your results now um i just want to add one more thing just so y'all know this yeah go ahead i had to pay rent on an apartment that i never lived in I just want to add that right there. I'm just going to add that right there. Yeah. I signed my lease and then went to Virginia. I didn't break that lease. I had to wait till the end of the lease. They wouldn't let you break it. So there were, there were circumstances and I had to be God's. Ooh, I had to be a child of God Mm. and not do some, some, some around. Like that's the other thing. Like, yeah, you know, I could have been real shysty and done some crazy stuff to got out of, to get out of my lease. But like I was operating as a child of God, I was operating how God wanted me to. And I mean, he, he took care of me, but I'm just going to throw that in here because y'all need to know that. My God. <laughs> so where I am right now, I have the job. I have a good job. Yes, sir. I was blessed with this job. I knew this job was of God because we had a conversation about how I would know you and the Lord, me and the Lord mm-hmm. about how I would know it would be from him. Ooh, Jesus. Um, I'm not going to go into all those details, but 
I will say this, there was such an ease with this job search, with this particular position, that there wasn't in other places that I was at. At no point did I feel anxious. Right? Like y'all gotta y'all gotta know how God speaks to you because like when God speaks to me or is calling me towards something, I always feel ease in doing it. Mm -hmm. That's not to say there's not difficulty, but like there's an ease in the process. Mm -hmm. So I got the job. The job is great. There is so much that I'm doing, but it's it's going fantastic. And then, you know, what was it? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. I moved into the apartment that that God had spoken about two years ago. Jesus. Y'all, I am am walking in the blessing. You're about to make me run. The blessing that God promised two years ago. I had to hold on to this blessing for two years. And I tell you this. Whew. All the pain, all the process, all the pruning that God had to put me in does not account for Ooh, yes, Lord. how good ooh. it feels, how ooh, just just how blessed I feel to be where I'm at. Because it's not just a natural thing. It's not a natural thing of, oh, I have a job. Oh, I have a home. God walked me through some stuff that one, my faith in him, like, Y'all can't tell me nothing. Mm. Y'all can't tell me nothing. Unmoved. Unmoved. Like, my faith in God is so... Like, this this increased my faith. Like, God really said something, and he did it. He really, like, he really was like, I have this for you. Here it is. Oh, God. Like, 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 y'all can't tell me nothing because... Now I, I there's no doubt that like no matter how big the ask is that God is going to come through like he's true to his word. So whatever God has said to you, whatever God is like, I want you to do this. I want you to be this. I want you to blah, 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 whatever it is. Hold on to that because our God don't lie. Our God. Katrina. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. It's so funny because yeah. When you said the two when you said the two year thing, that did it for me. Yeah. Because one could be one could say, "Okay, God, you told me to move here 6 months, you're a liar." Yeah. Some You didn't mean any of it. Yeah. I heard wrong. 2 years. 2 whole years oh man you know the bible says um wisdom will be proven by her fruit Mm -hmm. other translations say by her children when you look at let, let let's compare the two of them yeah right wisdom will be proven by her children when you look at when a child is raised you can't tell if the parents did a good job until the child is an adult. Yes. Yes. When I got ordained on Sunday, somebody came up to my mother 
and father. And they said, you guys did such a good job in raising him. That the fruit of my life wouldn't have been as strong if I was 10 years old. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yes. I'm 23 now. They are seeing the fruit of how they chose to raise me in the fear of the Lord after 23 years of arguing with me, of whooping my tail, Mm -hmm. of coming to the school when I got suspended, of a whole bunch of other situations that occurred in my life where in their eyes, it could look like, God, what's wrong with this boy? I wasn't a hellion, but I had my issues. You know what I mean? But wisdom has been proven by her children. When you look at fruit, right? As the other translation says, wisdom has been proven by her fruit. When does fruit grow overnight? It doesn't. What's, what's, What's wild to me is it comes in seasons. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Go ahead. You're burning. Ooh, it, the, the season thing is what really like hits me because we hit these highs with the Lord where you can say the fruit is present, mm. but you will go through another season. Not every tree produces fruit every year. So there's a process that you have to go to to get the, the next fruit. Not every tree produces fruit every year. So, so you have to go through a process again. So your fruit isn't there every day, all day long. Like, this is my blessing right now. I have to go through a whole new process. There's a new season that I'm going through that's going to be work. It's going to be pressure. It's going to be so many more things. And yes, there will be fruit at the end of this process. But I'm not going to have fruit on my tree every day. Hmm. I'm not going to. It's not all sunshine and kittens. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to go through things, even though I have fruit, even though my, uh, I'm a good tree. That sounds weird. <laughs> um, even though, you know, I have good fruit, I still have to go, to a pro- go through a process to keep producing fruit. There it is. There it is. You have to keep going through that process to continue to produce fruit. Jesus. You have to last. You have to remain. Yes. As your brother would say, you have to remain. Yes. My God, that's that's powerful. Um, we are at an hour. Wow. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go that fast. Ooh, I have to have you back on here. Yes. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but you, the things that you were saying were hitting my spirit. And the conversation shifted, but I'm like, yeah. It, it, y'all, yeah. It was good. It was really, really good. Are there any final thoughts? I always do this for my guests. Are there any final thoughts that you have for the people? Um, I think I just want to encourage everyone to remain faithful. Like, it's hard. Like, this walk is hard, Mm. but it is so worth it. Mm. So it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. God got you, and there's better for you. There's better on the horizon for you. My gosh. Oh, those are wise words from Deacon Katrina. Amen. Well, I'll see y'all on the next episode. Love y'all. Peace. 
What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.